Hey guys, it's Max Miller, Zach Zary, and Oakley Rose. Welcome to a well-placed cuss. Welcome to our season two debut, episode one. Uh, it's just me and Zach in the studio today. Oakley is out uh, making money, plowing snow. We got a big snowstorm hitting Saskatoon here, so uh, it's too bad about that. But we will see him later on when me and him interview Rod Peterson in this episode. We got a big, big interview lined up for you for episode one. But yeah, we just got me and Zach in the studio. So how you doing, Zach? I'm doing good. It's nice to be back here. It is getting geared up. Uh... Nice little break, but you know it's it's better to be here recording, and um, you know we got a lot of, you know Rod Peterson's a big, <laughs> big interview to start off season two. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there, but uh, we got some more big interviews here for season two. Yes, and, uh, we do. Don't don't want to spoil anything. No, but uh, you'll have to stay tuned. But <laughs> yeah, we got lots of stuff planned for season two. I think we're coming together as a group here. Um. We're, we're now on TikTok, finally yeah. got that going. Going to get on Instagram Reels, too. Yeah, Instagram Reels, YouTube going. YouTube Shorts. Um, we're growing as a podcast. Yep. We're in, like, eight different countries, so shout out to everybody <laughs> listening. I wasn't trying to be a flex, but, uh, yeah, it's it's good to be back. I think we're, yeah, we're really pre- prepared. We got the sexy studio here. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you guys go on our TikTok... Uh, YouTube or Instagram, you'll be able to see our, our, our setup. And I will say, it, 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 it does look pretty good. We're not quite finished yet, but it does look pretty good so far. Um, but just want to just wanna talk about the Husky hockey game. That was, that was big news in, in Saskatoon this, the, this past week. It was the, the first round of the playoffs for the, for the Huskies. And, you know, they... they they brought it to game three, <laughs> you know, they, yeah. uh, it, it was in Saskatoon. I was lucky enough to go to game two where they, where they won, they blew them out for nothing. And then, uh, it was game three where they lost, I think it was four, three. And that was a heartbreaker. I was there for that. And, uh, you know, they played hard. Uh, I got to give it to the goalie Ross. He's a, he's an animal out there, but yeah, a little bit of a, of a heartbreaker though. Yeah, um, I didn't go to game one, but uh, my dad was there, obviously covering it, and he said the Huskies outplayed the Dinos, but, uh, you know, a couple of uh, squeaky shots went in, and the Huskies couldn't get a goal, and then me and you, Max, were at uh, game number two, and yep. uh, that was a good game to be there for. You it was know. a good game. Yeah, 4 nothing for the Huskies. We um, did have to leave early, though, yeah. because uh, we had, uh, who do we have? No, we just had... Uh, we did some stuff that uh, for the TikTok. Oh, and, that's uh, right. Studio. But, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, some planning to do, but uh, as a group. But yeah, game four was good. We didn't miss much though when we left, so that was good. But yeah. uh, game three, uh, I had some homework to do, but I had it on the TV watching, and uh, it was kind of a roller coaster of a game. Uh, Huskies were down. Two nothing, then stormed back to uh, to make it two uh, two, and then took the lead, and yeah. then Calgary. Uh, Tim Vanstone, who's a Saskatchewan product, absolutely undressed the entire Saskatchewan defense. Um, that I was I was right in front of like like when he did that, I was right in front of him, and like the, you couldn't just like you had to admire it. Yeah, no, that like honestly that goal should have been like up on TSN or like some big sport like it was such really a nice such a nice goal and uh 
then Calgary got a, a a little dirty one at the end, and uh, you know the Huskies couldn't capitalize on a a power play in an empty net. Yeah, and, six on four at the end there. Yeah, couldn't get it done, but uh, you know the Huskies basketball and uh, both the men's and women's teams are nationally ranked. I think the men's are eight or nine, and the so women's the, team are number two. And then we who's got who's in front of them? Is is it Manitoba? No, uh, the Winnipeg. The Winnipeg team is, I want to say, three or four oh. in women's basketball. Number one, I believe, is Ryerson. Or, Bro- oh, or no, 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 Brock. Brock. It's, oh, okay. it's the Brock, that yeah. The Carlton Ravens. Yeah, uh, the men's. In, in the men's league. They, 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 they just built a dynasty over the years. They've been crazy. Yeah, the, that, that men's team is, uh, you know, they go into D1 teams' houses and knock them off in exhibition. So right. that just speaks to what they're doing there in Carlton with their men's basketball team. But, yeah. Speaks to Canadian basketball, too. Yeah. And like, basketball kicks ass. Yeah, but uh, we, we've we missed uh, a, bit, a bit of news. Um, Max, I know you're super passionate watching uh, the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah. You know, we discussed this off air, but, like, I don't even know what the Pro Bowl needs to do anymore. I, I don't know either because the thing, I don't... Every, everyone knows that famous Sean Taylor hit, right? Yeah. I, the report Pro Bowl should never reach that. That's no. dangerous and unnecessary. But did anyone actually go to the ground in the Pro no, Bowl? No, it was two-hand touch. Like, like that is, that's ridiculous to me a little bit. If I was a fan, like, if I paid, like, his, they're charging, like, two grand for tickets. They're charging to the same Pro amount. Bowl? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not going to quote that number. But the Super Bowl was insane. I wouldn't doubt the Pro Bowl would be it has uh, the biggest names in there. I, I doubt if the Pro Bowl was that much. But yeah, like big names. And I, I, I would be pissed to spend almost any amount of money and see the best players in the world just not try. Yeah. I don't I, I don't I don't have a solution to that, like personally. But that's no. Yeah, it's it's difficult, right? Because, you know, we see the NHL All Star game that was also going on. Um it it's got like, it's almost got like a beer league rec hockey vibe to yeah. it, which is like entertaining still. Like really the, is. the the scores are gonna be like nine to eight. You see lots of skill. You're not gonna see any big hits, but like because like obviously dangerous. I think everybody's got mutual respect there. Yeah, except for Brad Marchand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then baseball obviously home field advantage and like the World Series is there. Uh, so like. Everybody's trying, trying their hardest, and uh, yeah, basketball or basketball. Um, I think they're they're innovating in basketball. There's yeah. some tweaks like I would like to personally see, but uh, they're always changing basketball. It seems like basket. You know, we had Steph going off. Like we, mm-hmm. there's a like they changed the scoring system either. Uh, like I want to say like two years ago, three years ago, made it more interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know what the Pro Bowl needs to do. Um, it's hard, right? Because, like you said, the Sean Taylor incident, like, obviously, I don't think that should happen in right. an all-star game, like, that much but, physical play. But it is football, right? You right. can't, like, are we going to go to, you know, flag football for the Pro Bowl? Like, nobody wants to watch that. No. Um, Actually, if they went, like, 100% super hard in flag football, I'd love to see that. That'd be interesting, actually. Yeah, but, like, that's, like, the only, because, like, Hockey, you can can go wreck. Basketball, you yeah. can go wreck. Like baseball, you can go like wreck, but that's not a problem in baseball. 
football, there is, like, no rec league. It's flag football, basically, is rec football, right? So, yeah, I don't know what football needs to do. Uh, Put put some implications online. Uh, I don't know, like... People don't want to hurt, get hurt, and then do this and that. But uh, but like we're talking about the, that Sean Taylor hit. That's really easily avoidable to do that. Yeah. Like it, there's easy, safe ways to tackle guys that won't hurt them. Yeah. And I, I just I feel like it can bring some like like honor and respect back to the Pro Bowl because like no one really cares who wins anymore because no. like they see that and it's like well like the AFC won and the AFC is is the better division. I will I, I will say that. But the AFC won, and it's like, that doesn't even mean anything because no one was trying. See, if you would have asked me who won the Pro Bowl, I, I would have guessed AFC, yeah, but, like, right. I wouldn't be able to give you 100% answer. I just looked at, I looked it up, like, like, like 20 minutes ago. It's for this. Yeah. I wouldn't have known any other way. Yeah. But the thing, I, I will give credit to the NFL. Um, the events that they have beforehand, I think, have gotten better and better. Yeah, um, I enjoy watching them. Like the hands competition, dodgeball dodge skills. I really like the one um, where the, it's the DBs against the quarterbacks, and they have like this this ball oh, and they try the to board block cut it. Out. Yeah, 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 they try to get into the holes. Yeah, I really like that, and like I I think those keep getting more innovative, and like that's the NFL players really care and they want to win, and it's still like fun, but they yeah. try. Yeah, I think that's what the Pro Bowl should kind of be. Yeah, they want to beat the other guy. It's kind of like, right, uh, they're, like, the skills competition. Like, I, I see people wanting to bring back, like, the, the strong arm competition between quarterbacks. Yeah, Or, right. like, bench press. The like, bench press would be sick. Yeah, the bench press. Like, I feel like they could add that or, like, like, because nobody's going to get mad at that, right? Right. Or just adding, like, two events. Like, no. you can add that. Um, you can you can modify it. Yeah, it's, it's like the NHL skills competition, right? NHL. Yeah. Oh, if we want to get into that, uh, Zegras was just absolutely just oh, robbed God. in the breakaway. I know this is like, we're talking a couple of weeks ago now, but we never had the chance to talk about it. Yeah. Um, oh man, he, the guy that won, won, didn't even hit the net. Um, oh man, was it Petrangelo on, on Vegas? Uh, don't even know. Uh, I gotta, I'd have to search it up, but the NHL like skills competition, um, you know, it, it's pretty entertaining, at least um, the fast skater, all these events. Um, you know, I think the NHL just, like, keeps, like, needs to keep on making it innovated. Or, is that the right word? They need to keep innovating. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, but, yeah, just baseball's got the home run competition. Um, yeah. You know, and then obviously their All Star game is probably the best All Star game because the players actually care. I I would say so. What watching the uh, watching the MLB All Star game is it's really fun. Yeah. Is there any other home run derby? Is there any other events that they do? I don't I don't think so. Unless I'm a- absolutely blanking. I don't think so. I mean, and people don't like the or like to do the home run derby too because like it can like ruin their rhythm, like rhythm and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I'd like to see it maybe like something uh, happen in the All Star game. Maybe not so like much the players that are actually playing in the game, but like some other players doing something cool. I'm not sure like like a like a relay race or something like that. I know baseball like the community is a bunch of purists, so they might not like that idea. But I think it'd be cool. Just another thing for us to watch. 
But you know what else? Um, we talk about events and how they need to be shaped. Yeah. The dunk contest. Oh my. It's just bad. It's, it's just bad now. Just it's like it's oh it's it's awful. There was not a perfect dunk. There was no ten across the board for a dunk. The best was ninety two, with Obi Toppin. And the thing is, I don't blame guys for not wanting to do it. I yeah. kind of blame the NBA for not making it more enticing. It's because it's like the home run derby, right? Some guys yeah. don't like to do it, but I feel like MLB still gets their big names right, still in the event. Um, but like. NBA messed up with the Aaron Gordon situation. He obviously won. The, I, think no, he might, I, I think he won. I will take that to my grave. He hit. That top, doesn't matter. It absolutely does matter. It, it was better. He had a better performance. And then also. Performance? I'm not arguing. I'm talking about that dunk. If you want to give him the performance, sure. But that dunk didn't deserve a 50. After what we had already seen from those guys. And do you think Levine, Levine's. Was better uh, than Jones. that, or yeah, I do a hundred percent. I do. Th- I think that that D- DDJ, hundred percent, was better than that one. Uh, I I was thinking of uh, also. I said Levine in twenty sixteen. I think. Oh yeah. Oh, that was a good one. That was probably the best one ever. Oh, I without a doubt, and like ever since that All Star, <laughs> in uh, Toronto, there it's kind of been on a downward. Like I remember yeah. when uh. There's a couple of good like dunks and stuff, but it's just been nothing as crazy as that we've seen. No. Uh, but like I, I heard this really good idea, and it's very interesting. So one way to entice. So John Moran said actually, um, he wouldn't do the NBA dunk contest unless he got like a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It was it was cer- a certain amount of money. I couldn't remember. Um, and I heard this idea. I'm not sure who it was, but have a survey done of all the NBA executives. Pick the worst owner, like the league's worst owner. The owner has to put up a million dollars in the NBA dunk contest. the The winner gets five hundred thousand dollars, and then it goes to the chair, and the other five hundred thousand dollars goes to the charity of his choice. See, I don't. I could just see like just a million dollars straight up, but that brings up like I I completely forgot about this. How to make the Pro Bowl better? Like put a million dollars on the line. Yeah. And like. Say well, that, a million that, dollars goes to like the AFC's charity of choice, or like each player gets a X amount of money to go to their charity of choice. Like, put some initiative, like or like something. It's exactly what the NBA did. Yeah, like make it worth something. Like yeah. that, like MLB. Why is it the best All Star game? Is because there's something on the line. Yeah, that's super important. So, um, yeah, I feel like they need to add like a money. O- reward or something like that some some kind of incentive yeah not even for themselves but just something to make them want to do it like the very first uh all-star game where they stopped the east and west and and had captains i think it was i'm sure it was lebron and curry were the captains in the probably in the the very first one and lebron ended ended up winning and i just want to say team lebron five and oh Team LeBron has never lost an All-Star game. Really? No, never. That's crazy, actually. Ha, that's, I find that insane. It just shows how good of a mind he has for drafting. But uh, anyway, anyways. Sure, anyways, sure, sure. Um, His team was stacked this year. It like, was stacked this I year. don't know what Kevin Durant was doing in the draft. Like, I really it, don't and it didn't help that uh, LeBron made him suffer with the, the James Harden. Oh, that was so funny. Incident, but... Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Did, did James Harden end up going last? 
Yeah, I, I believe so. <laughs> like they, like LeBron was just laughing oh on the side my. and making them suffer. <laughs> I just imagine Kevin Durant being like, "Nah, I, I want Donovan Mitchell over James Harden." No, definitely. who did he pick over? Oh gosh, he yeah, like just like Kevin Durant's picks, but like, ah, uh, yeah, Steph balled out. But you know, like going back to the MLB and like their All Star game, how it's so good. That might not not happen this year. Because of the lockout, yeah, and I, I I would say like the least sport I watch is probably baseball. I've definitely got mm-hmm. a lot more into it over the past three years, especially definitely or whenever the Blue Jays were were making their streak, and then I love COVID, this group of the Blue Jays that they have right now. Yeah, I really do. Especially during COVID, like I was sitting down and watching every single Blue Jays game Me during too. COVID. Yeah, like because there's nothing else to do, like during the daytime. Yeah, so. Oh. I've gotten a lot more invested in the MLB, but I, I'm like, MLB I feel like has a lot more purists than like the NHL, NBA, yeah. and NFL. So. You know, like I like like since, since this podcast started, I've tried to to up my my NHL and MLB knowledge, and you can't do it overnight. You can't do it over a span of a month, two months. You can get the basics down, mm-hmm. but every sport has its own culture. Like every sport has its own like aura and vibe that surrounds it and yeah. it just it takes time to actually understand it yeah i feel like like obviously i played hockey and football at a high, like a high level mm. basketball i played like high school uh baseball i only played i want to say like three years yeah me too i i, I didn't do a whole and lot and it was like the first two where when i was super little and then like the one where i was talking i was playing on parker's team just for fun <laughs> right and that was like just like a goof team but yeah, um, Rob Manfred or is a clown. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, that's what everybody's saying. He was like, he was looking like a like a psychopath. He was like laughing and stuff like that. Um, Get him out of there. Holy yeah, God. he might be the most disliked commissioner in all of sports. And that's saying, like, if you like, if you're more disliked than Roger Goodell, that is or saying Bet- something. Yeah, I feel like yeah, Batman's hated on, but I think. Everybody kind of, like, respects him in a sense in the yeah. NHL. Like, he's... I would say it's uh, Rob, Goodell, Bettman, and I feel like everybody loves... Uh, Everyone loves Adam Silver. Yeah, I feel like everybody loves Adam Silver, so... It's a dislike about the guy. Yeah, and then and then if we count, like, UFC, I feel like everybody loves Dana White, too. Uh, well, I shouldn't say everybody. He's... But, like, he's either really loved or really hated. Yeah, I guess so, but I feel like... He's also in a different scenario, too, as a commissioner with quotations around it. Oh, right. Because he's got a different role, and, like, the, like MMA is such a different sport than... Uh, it really is. It's it's hard to compare, uh, like, Adam Silver to Dana White yeah, as, as commissioners. It's different. But, yeah, I just... I love this Anthony Rizzo tweet. Um, he said, to all the fans, we will miss you most. To the younger generation of baseball players, this is for you. Yep. Um... And then, I just love that quote. And then he also tweeted out, the owners really want to make a deal by Monday, asking for 1,200 friends. And then, it was 90% no. He just posted a Twitter poll. But, like, I... And then Ross Stripling, who played for the Blue Jays, um, a pitcher, he was, like, saying that they, they were trying to s- sneak in, like, some stuff, like, mm-hmm. into the contract, like, at the very last hour. Oh, yeah. And like they're just trying to sneak it, sneak it in, and then he was like, "Do they think we're dumb? Like <laughs> we're some like tired like jock athletes? Like, what? 
like we didn't yeah, cut like do this to like like it was like oh my god that's um, ridiculous yeah so hopefully MLB gets their crap like gets their shit together yeah. really like well, um, it frustrates me because I feel like there's lots of baseball fans but like it's hard to love baseball right now with everything that's happening oh, and like everything they do Rob Manfred it's kind of almost ruining the game of baseball, um, along with all of the owners. Um, it's frustrating to watch because, right, it's like, like I said, it's such a pure sport. I want, it's almost like an old head sport, right? It's well, like the younger generation, and I think that's what, like Rizzo said, this is for the younger generation. Yeah. And the MLB, I just don't think, has adjusted in time as an NBA or an NFL. The NHL's working on it. Yeah. Um, they're not like the NHL's not doing the greatest job, but like the NHL still needs to work on younger generation. On it, but like the MLB, like like you have a Vladdy, you have a Tatis, like yeah. like you gotta and they Soto. Yeah, like all these young guys and it's like it's frustrating because we might not like a trout, like all like look at how many huge names we have in the MLB right now. No, like it's I'm with you. I, I only started to like really get into the MLB these past couple of years, but it's a really good time to be a fan of MLB right now. Yeah, baseball, like, yeah. You have so many legends still playing. You have so many newcomers to cheer for. The league is... there. There's no clear-cut winner. It's, yeah. It's, it's a really fun league to watch. It's like, especially the, this upcoming year. Like, who would have thought the Braves were going to win? Like, that's... Like, I, I... That's what I love about baseball. And they... It just seems like they don't care what the fans think. They, yeah. They only give a shit or players, about the money. Really, well, players my, too. Like, my God, I can't believe like, I can't believe these owners aren't listening to the players. guys who make them the money. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. And like, we're seeing it. Like, hopefully, something good's good comes out of this. Uh, the lockout here. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, they can try to fix something together. But it, it's it's so frustrating to me to like these owners and it's like oh like don't give a shit about your money for like no i a know a couple right? of seconds like, and like just care just care about the culture just yeah like, like like just for a second understand what baseball means to people yeah like the players like i'm sure if you make the the changes you'll probably make some more money in the long yeah the long run like they, like I believe I believe the lockouts already suspended like the first few weeks of, yeah, of games. Yeah, first, first three, I believe. Like that's a lot of money wasted right there. Yeah, like, that's, exactly. That's three weeks worth of games, and with three weeks worth of profit. So I don't I don't understand. Especially opening week, like. No kidding, right? I. It's it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it, it's it's hard. It's hard for me to understand <laughs> what no what this is going on. Um, we haven't seen many. Like lockouts, I feel like in sports in general. So like, I feel like the the ones that have happened or when we were younger. Yeah, twenty or two thousand and five with the NHL is the last one, right? Um, oh, I I couldn't name it off the top of my head, but it, it's been it's been a while. Been something like that. Yeah, in any of the professional sports, um, I want to say so. Yeah, so Max, uh. Uh, what are we What are we getting up to this weekend with sports? You know, what kind of sports are uh, kind of. I want 
I wouldn't say dying down. Like uh, the, the NFL NF- season stopped. The MLB's done right now. Yeah, MLB's not happening. It's really like the NBA and the NHL, but they're, they're, it's in the middle of the season. Yeah, right like, now. playoffs haven't started. March Madness hasn't started yet, which oh. you know I think we're gonna give you guys a nice. March Madness episode here. I think we're excited to do that. Oh yeah, there's there's two things that I love about March. <laughs> it's one, Shamrock Shakes from uh, McDonald's, yes, you do. and then two, March Madness. So <laughs> I'm excited. I yeah, I think we're gonna talk more about March Madness in the in the future. I feel like um, this might be a little spoiler in the future, but I feel like we wanted to get a March Madness like bracket for all of our listeners to do. Yep. On the ESPN app, so be on the lookout for that. Just something for fun to get going. But yeah, March Madness um starting. Hopefully, I'm such a bandwagoner when it comes to college college basketball and college football. Like I have like five different teams. Well, <laughs> more so basketball. I have two teams, and it's like the Duke Blue Devils, who I just have. Oh wow! Uh, I'm a, yeah. Original Zach. Yeah. Uh, like, I, who else you like? Kentucky? No, 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 no. Gonzaga, because my dad. I do. I do like my, Gonzaga. My dad's a Gonzaga fan because or Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yeah, however you pronounce it, um, the Zags because like they always have a Canadian and my dad liked them and they they've got uh, a couple of Canadians, uh, Nemhard running the point here now. Oh. So I'm always on the watch for the Zags and I. That's why I'm so high on Jalen Suggs and wanted the Raptors to draft him because I was a Zags fan and Duke had a uh, had a very poor year last year but you know I think they Gonzaga will be a number one seed and I think Duke's gonna be a number two seed so hope hopefully they they do well in the tournament it's like it's like football I, I like Georgia Notre Dame and Clemson it's like oh. it's like. Cause I am not affiliated to a team, so right. it's like it's, it's, I'd it's rather a little bit harder. Yeah, I'd rather just enjoy like watch my teams win, and yeah, like fair enough. yeah, it's like I'm not connected to a team. It's not like if like why would I pick like I don't know like just a random school like Wichita like Wichita State Actually, for football like or something. I don't even know if they have a football team. I, th- I think they do. I think they're called like the Cornhuskers or something. No, that's Nebraska. Like, oh, but then again, okay. like why would I pick? Yeah, so. <laughs> But I'd rather enjoy myself. Yeah. Um. Like, I think you said this in the past, but with some players that you like, uh, you just see them young at a young point in their career. Like Chase Claypool. Like yeah, I, exactly. Like Notre Dame. Like I was watching lots of him. Uh, one of my favorite players in the NFL, Drew Tranquil, was on Notre Dame. He's a oh. linebacker. Oh. Just happened to get drafted to the Chargers, so I was like, I'm even more of a fan now. So yeah, definitely like. And, like, that's that's kind of exactly how I felt. And I remember I, w- I always watched Michigan, like, like Michigan State football games. Yeah. Were, were the first uh, college football games that I watched. And I instantly became a fan of Kirk Cousins. I mean, it didn't really transfer over. But I, <laughs> I, I still kind of have, like, like a little bit of love for, for Michigan State. Um, uh, Gonzaga, I mean, Ch- Ch- Chet Holmgren on that team. Yeah, I love Chet. I've been following Chet since he was, like, a freshman in high school. He's so. either going to be the biggest bust or one of the best players ever. Yeah, it's, I, I hope he, like, obviously, like, adds, adds some muscle is, like, every, what yeah, everybody he's... says. But, like, he's he's got, like, that Kristaps package. And With, like, Curry shooting, yeah. though. Like, his shooting's off the charts. And, like, his dribbles and stuff like that. Good and it's, like, he, get, he, he averages, like, in high school, he's averaging, like, five blocks a game, I feel That's like, gross. or something like that. Like, 
it's and he's just such a unique skill set. Um, hopefully. I feel like Orlando's projected to have the number one pick. I'd hate to see him go there. Man, Orlando really just sucks up talent and takes away anything that's good. Well, about and the they always draft four. Like, it's like, they, I feel like they have so much talent. Like, they've been drafting guards. Like, they have Suggs, Fultz. Um, Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony. Mo Bamba. Oh, was there another point guard that was there? Um, maybe not. Yeah, they, they have all these young guards. Uh, Alfred Payton. But, I mean, that was a while yeah. ago. But he was he had a lot of potential. And he just, the Magic didn't do anything But it was like Jonathan Isaac, who I dislike now. Um, that was weird. Mo Bamba. Like, they had all these, Wendell Carter Jr. is there now. Yeah, he he, he, he got traded. It was from the Bulls. Yeah, traded. like, I feel like they have all this young talent, but they just suck in, like, Magic organization. is like, <laughs> I like know. what is happening here? I, I, I don't know where the Magic are headed, because they have a weird balance of, like, veterans and really young guys, and... It's awkward because it seems like they have, like, a lot of young guys whose contract expires soon, and they're going to have to pay them. Like, Suggs, I mean, I know it'll be a couple of years, but Suggs, I guarantee you he's going to want a bunch of money. Uh, Jonathan Isaac is going to want a bunch of money. Uh, RJ Hampton's going to want some money, at least. Oh, RJ Hampton, yeah, that's yeah. the other guy, the Cole, young guy. Cole Anthony's going to want money. Uh, Markel Fultz is going to want money. Mo Bamba, and, like, they have just this weird amounts where they can only keep a select few. I don't know. They their organization is in such a weird position right now. Yeah, uh, it's almost like you gotta pull a like a thunder move with like SGA, a little bit SGA and uh, Lou Dort and Josh Gideon. It's like you just gotta trade for future picks. Like I don't know, get some guys out of town, get them in new spots. But it's weird. Um, Max the NFL draft is also coming up. Um, your guy Kenny. Your guy Kenny measured in with the lowest hand size, I believe, of any NFL quarterback. I think it was eight point five inches. Yeah, so it'll be weird to see if that affects him or anything. Yeah. Um, also, I just got a notification on my phone that a Baylor wide receiver uh, might have just broken John Ross's forty yard oh. dash. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, Tyquan Thornton runs an unofficial four point two one. Um, wow, so, I see that. Yeah, so hopefully he doesn't wow. uh, get drafted in the first round, 10th overall by Cincy and hey, uh, no. become a bust. John Ross isn't a bust. Cincy didn't do anything for him. Imagine how good Cincy would be if they like made that pick count. No, like John Ross like was like a, people forget John Ross was like a third round talent. Like everybody had him third round. Yeah. Until he ran that combine. I know, like I. I he got really overhyped really fast. Like, I don't blame him for that. Cause to speed, he, yeah. Like, if if someone got um if someone got him in the third round, I would say that that would be a steal. Absolute steal, yeah. But it was he got too much hype put around him. He, and then he, he was didn't an early, He was injured when he ran that too. Yeah. Like he was injured all throughout the combine. He just hasn't had a good healthy season. Yeah. Um yeah. That's disappointing. But uh yeah, the NFL draft will Will be coming up. Will be interesting to see that. Very interesting. Um, Evan, Evan, uh, Evan, Evan Neal is like in shredded. Did you see that uh, picture of him? Well, he's like three hundred pounds, and he is like just built. Like it's all muscle. Yeah. So uh, the Jacksonville might take him. I wouldn't blame them. Protect your star quarterback. It'd be nice to see Thibodeau or uh, Hutchinson there with Josh Allen on the D line and uh, make yeah. Saxonville two But I think Evan Neal is the right pick. Can't go wrong with the Alabama mm-hmm. offensive line, man. Okay, if, if, if you're in Jacksonville's position, would you rather have 
uh, Thibodeau or Hutchinson. And, like, he you, you, off the board. You know I'm a Thibodeau guy. Yeah. I've been high on Thibodeau since he was uh, a junior in high school. I've been watching his tape. So, I'm, I'm a Thibodeau guy. Um, Hutchinson, you know, he's done all this in his senior year. Mm-hmm. Thibodeau was, like, putting up numbers as a true freshman. So, it's like, and I think he has just more raw raw athleticism, too. Hutchinson, don't get me wrong. Like, I hope... Top four pick, you think? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I hope he goes to the Lions, Michigan boy. Oh, yeah, that'd be going good. Going to Detroit. Was I, he born in, in Michigan? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I think, yeah, true guy. Um, Yeah, I'd like to see that. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll watch some combine highlights, but I'll also be watching UFC 272s coming up. I know Oakley's a big uh, UFC fan, so... We'll, we will probably discuss it. Uh, Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. Yep. Headlining the card. Um, for... Colby Covington does not have a lot of fans in the UFC right now. No, but it's like, yeah, he he's kind of a character he puts on, but uh, yeah. it, it's like very, it's a unique storyline. Um, it's not for a belt, which is rare in the UFC, especially yeah. without Conor McGregor headlining. But... Uh, these guys are former best friends. They lived together. They trained together. They wow. they cornered each other during <laughs> fights, and uh, you know there there's a lot of bad blood that happened. Um, just go watch anybody like, Kobe Covington is such a polarizing figure in sports. It's a it's a persona. He likes to play the heel kind of uh yeah. like wrestling style, but uh, just watch an interview and you can like truly see like they they have bad intentions and. <laughs> It'll be very interesting to see that, and then, um, yeah, just a, a solid card I'll be watching. I'll be talking with Oakley about it, and uh, with nothing really going on, that's about it. Yeah, not, I mean, not too much. Did, did, did we discuss Tom Brady retiring? I mean, I know that's... that's oh, yeah, re- we did. That's yeah, really did. old. Okay, it's... Yeah. It's it's still I, I I it still hasn't hit me yet that he's gone. I, I don't yeah. I don't think it will. And and the box are kind of screwed. Like Ali Marpet retired at Damn, only twenty eight. That was crazy. And then they good, have a, good for him though. Good whole, for him to be able to do that. A whole bunch of uh, free agents. The Bucks are gonna like that's that's kind of weird. That division, the NFC South, yeah. was like the top division for how many years like in a row? Oh, and I like know. now the like, Saints don't have Breeze, Cam, like. Was gone is gone now really like yeah Cam's like prime yeah. Cam, Matt Ryan and the Falcons like or fault like like the Falcons were in the Super Bowl unbelievable, Saints had Drew Brees, Panthers had uh, Newton Newton and uh, Tampa Bay had all those weapons right Mike Evans and Godwin and all this and now like they might be one of the lesser divisions in football which is just absolutely crazy to me and I know but uh, yeah. Let's turn it over to the interview with Rod Peterson. Alrighty. Thank you guys for joining us in the studio session. Now we are on our interview with me, Oakley, and Mr. Rod Peterson. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning back into Well Placed Cuss. We have a special guest with us today, Mr. Rod Peterson, the voice of the Riders for the past 20 years and current host of the Rod Peterson Show. Rod, thank you so much for coming with us today. How you doing? Very well, Max. Good to meet you, buddy. Uh, good to meet you too. Um, and so for our first question, before we jump into any, uh, into any sports or into any, uh, uh, any time you had with the riders of the Pats, I just want to talk about uh, your career in broadcasting. 
How did you know that that is what you wanted to do? How did you know that was your calling? And at what age were you wanting to pursue that at a higher level? You want to know something wild? What? It's like in grade one. And we had a, I think it was grade one. And we had a career day or whatever. And they just said to get up to the front of the room and say what you wanted to do. And I went to the front of the room. We had been prepared, told like tomorrow we're doing this. And I brought up a pair of headphones and I made a microphone like out of tin foil. And I said, I want to be on the radio. So that was grade one. Oh my God. And then I know. So <laughs> poor me. I always knew that I wanted to do it. Now, if I made the National Hockey League as a player, I would have done that. Of course, there was a lack of talent there and a lack of focus there. So all through elementary school and to high school, I knew that I wanted to be on the radio. So I was really all I've ever wanted to do. That's awesome. Uh, so you were with the Pats for 15 years and you were with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for 20 years. Did you find it difficult to transition between not just the two teams, but the two sports? You'd have two lives, one football, one hockey. And it's not like you're covering the Riders and then you're covering the Blue Bombers to where you can kind of use your knowledge in, in two different lights. You have to completely transfer that. So was that difficult for you at all? Well, what was difficult about it was I wasn't a football guy at all. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people find that hard to believe, but I grew up in a small town, 640 people, and we didn't have a football program. I played every sport that we had, hockey, baseball, curling, badminton. That's about it. But I never played football. So I had to learn the sport of football. And before I was the voice of the Riders, I was the voice of the Rams. And I was on the air and didn't really have any idea what I was doing. So that was the tough part. And when I became voice of the Pats and Riders full-time concurrently, I did that for 11 years. There were times where I would, that was so busy and so overworked, I would almost forget where I was or what I was doing, but I, I snapped out of that. This is a, this is a difficult job to do because it wasn't just that. I was doing morning sports. I was raising a young family. Right. It was a stressful time in my life, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, sorry. I've been ghost here. I was trying to figure out my microphone. Um, uh, the next question we have for you is you've been with the riders for so long through so many years, so many ups, so many downs, uh, I was just wondering, like, what's your uh, most memorable games that you, you remember calling? Uh, well, the, the, <clears throat> the immediate one is the 2013 Grey Cup, because for a lot of reasons, I call it the biggest day in Saskatchewan provincial history. It was the big, biggest day in Rough Rider history. Uh, and I was, that was the Grey Cup that the Riders were hosting against Hamilton, which they won 45-23. I'm sure you guys know. Um, that's the big one, but 2007 Grey Cup in Toronto, because that was a very, very special rider team, because I was a lot younger than, and a lot, kind of the same age as the players. I was closer to the players on that team. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing was for my first eight seasons with the riders, I never thought we would win a Grey Cup. I never thought we'd be in a Grey Cup, let alone win a Grey Cup. So I just never, I kind of gave up on it happening. Right. So when it did, uh, you know, just to be hit with something you didn't expect is, yeah. So that would, the, the Grey Cups, obviously, when you're, you're asking me specifically about the rider career, that would be the answer to those. Yeah, yeah right. Well, I, I remember my parents jumping up and down when that happened. I couldn't even imagine being there calling the game. Honestly, I, I don't think I could. I think I'd be too busy screaming to actually produce anything helpful, anything helpful to the listeners. I'd be so excited. Uh so you, you said that uh, when you were younger, you had a better relationship with the players. 
Um, and I was just wondering if you could remember some key guys on teams or years that you had that you remember just having a really positive relationship with, guys that you might even still keep in contact with today. Oh, yeah. I mean, the business has changed, and those of us that have been in it a long time talk about it regularly. Uh, um, I mean, now with COVID the last two years, the broadcasters and the teams have been completely separated, the players and the teams. A lot right. of money traveling. Whereas with me, whether you're riding a bus with the Pats or a plane with the riders, you're right in there with them all the time. And, uh, and again, I'm 49, but when I was the voice of the riders, it was age 25 to 45, I guess. Sure. And uh, the players were that age, right? So we would, you know, you're asking who, I mean, I'd like to think I was close friends with all of them. Oh, nice. Scott, Scott Schultz was one guy that I was particularly close with. But I got all their cell phone numbers like Darian Durant and Weston Dressler and John Chick. And some of them I still talk with. Um, no, it's just it's like any past job. There's some people you're close with and some you weren't. That's all it really is, is a job. For me, near the end, it became a job. And that's when I knew that it was time to hang it up. It wasn't for me anymore. But for the longest time, it wasn't a job. It was a dream to, to, do, that, to do that role. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you, you're living a lot of kids dreams. And I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of living my dream. Cause when I was a kid, um, I really just wanted your job because I felt like, um, when, when I was younger, I really had the passion for the riders and I, I still do now, but I always wanted to hear my voice on the radio. I've, I always wanted to be a broadcaster. And so honestly, you were someone that I, that I kind of looked up to it coming home from Regina, seeing my grandparents not going to the rider game. And I'd be like, let's see what's going on. And, uh, you know, oh, we're down 20 points. Let's turn that back off. That's fine. <laughs> but, uh, but like, it's it, people, got, got guys like you who, who I really remember from when, when I was young, kind of really gave me that impact and put me to the role that I am now in doing this kind of sports podcast that we are doing. It's just kind of like a fraction of that. Um, well, that, yeah. that, 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 that's very cool. Uh, one of those, you got one of those jobs where uh, broadcasting sports just wouldn't be the same without guys like you out there. Definitely. Well, I appreciate uh, that. But I mean, it's the one thing, I mean, one, I appreciate hearing that and it's the impact. I mean, I'm in Calgary now. I've been here for a while and I'm going to be here for a while. And uh, I never kind of expected to get the impact here. Like for instance, I'm staying in the Gray Eagle Resort and Casino and the girl at the front desk that checked me in. In Calgary, she's like, I'm, uh, I'm from Saskatchewan. I know your voice. I've been listening to you for the last 30 years. And your voice reminds me of home. She's like, I never knew what you looked like, but I just recognize your voice. And, <laughs> and then going into the Saddle Dome, there's an older security guard. I want to say he's like 70. And every time I walk in to the Flames games, he's like, I sure miss you calling Ryder games. And I thought, how the hell would you even know? Whatever. But he's a Ryder fan, probably originally from Saskatchewan. So. Right. You it's it's you say it because I don't broadcasting isn't my only career now. Uh, mm-hmm. Working mental health field and addictions field, you don't know the impact you're having when you're doing the job. But it sure is nice when you hear the the positive things, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we talked about some of your favorite personal relationships uh, on the riders, and now let's let's transition over to the Rod Peterson show. Uh, you've had some really cool guys on there. Um, including Mike Babcock, who, who we'll get back to. But who are some of your favorite uh, interviews that you've done on your show? Well, quite a few. But I got to tell you guys before we go any further, like 
a lot of young media say to me, how do you get these interviews? How do you get these scoops? And I'm like, they don't just happen. I knew Mike Babcock when he was the coach of the Spokane Chiefs in the 90s. And, you know, we got to be friends then. And I treated him with respect and interviewed him then. So 25 years later, when he's fired with, from the Leafs, and I, I'll never forget, guys, Babcock comes on the show. And the next day, I'm working out watching SportsCenter. And my friend Jermaine Franklin says, the first interview Mike Babcock's given since being fired by the Leafs is with the Rod Peterson show. And I was like, wow, that's kind of a big deal. He was on SportsCenter, he's saying that. Right. But that was his friendship. Like I say to people, you see the same people on the way up as you see on the way down. You know what I mean? So the, 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 the key is to treat people with respect that deserve respect. And right. it will come back around. So obviously Don Cherry to this day is my biggest interview, which was on the Rod Peterson show, but I've been chasing him for 30 years, boys. Like I was the biggest Don Cherry fan. I read his books. I got his videos. My mom always knew what to get me for Christmas, the Don Cherry pie or pajamas, whatever. And I couldn't get him. But it was our producer, Clark, who was like literally like a dog with rabies trying to get our guests. He just wouldn't take no for an answer. And he finally got Don Cherry. And then Biznasty, the guys your age feel that that's a big, bigger interview than Don Cherry because of the spit and chicklets tie-in and stuff. And Biz Nasty, I got to know when I was in Arizona hanging around the Coyotes when my buddy uh, owned the team. So them and then and other guys, Kelly Rudy, who I just loved as a kid. He was my mentor as a goalie. And so here at Gray Eagle, where we're doing the show now, a month ago when we started, they said, hey, could you get some guys down here, some sports guys and girls down here? And we're like, asking you shall receive. So Having Rudy come down was big. John Huffnagel coming down was big. Craig Button from TSN, you know, was my dad's boss for 20 years. My dad worked for the Dallas Stars. Craig was the head of scouting there. So there's, there's some. I could go on and on and on. I'm just so pleased that guys and girls give me their time, especially when we were just getting going as a show, 706 shows ago. Right. You know, that's a lot. Yeah. And, uh, like, you 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 guys have been on a, a, a great run. And – uh for, for the Rod Peterson show, how did that all come into fruition? How did that, how did you know, how did you want to go from broadcasting the Ryder games to having your own podcast? Well, Darren DuPont, which nobody knows, and I admire his absence of ego, but the co-host of the show, the whole show was his idea and he owns the show. Uh, so when I had left the Riders, I had the luxury of not having to work for some time after that. And I had had some offers from networks and other radio stations and stuff. And I just, I wasn't really in a rush to do anything other than to know that I wanted to have fun because the rider job had become distinctly not fun. And Darren's like, Hey, would you be interested in hosting the show that I'm going to put together? It's on Facebook. And I'm like, uh, let me think about it. It took me a couple months and I'm like, yeah, I said, here's the conditions. I don't want to line up the guests. I don't want to do the social media. I don't want to do the sales. I just want to show up talk for two hours and leave. And Darren's like, perfect. That's exactly what we want you to do. <laughs> and 706 shows later, that's still what it is. Right. I heard him doing an interview a while back, like about a month or two ago. And he's like, he's like, I'm competing against Sportsnet and TSN. And I got a Facebook show. Who the hell am I? I said, I never cared what platform you're on or channel or no, I never cared. I just wanted to have fun. Right. And, and then it just kind of, it took off. I mean, the reasons for the success of the show are many, 
but it was just it was the opportunity to be me i can go on the air and act goofy and stupid and swear a little bit not a lot but you know stuff that i just couldn't do in the old job it's so different from before hey that's that that's almost the exact same format as us we're a little bit not a lot (laughs) yeah exactly well placed uh so um we kind of burned through our questions here but there was uh one i wanted to ask you on when you're on air when you were broadcasting did you have like a signature line that was there was like a go-to you like to like to use it it was safe or like like that would get people going almost no i didn't and you know i i searched high and low for years as for for one and i could, could never come up with anything that's that stuck however there were really big moments on the air that I would come up with something. For instance, 2007 Grey Cup, at the end of that Grey Cup, I yelled, go crazy, Saskatchewan, go crazy, which kind of was in infamy for years until the entire memory of me was erased by the radio station and the football team. And then the other one was at the 2013 Grey Cup when they won, and I said, elation, elation in Rider Nation. That one hung on for a while. Um, Terms like the tractor factor, or I called the Rider Nation the tractor factor. I'm like, the tractor factor will be out, is out strong today at Edmonton, blah, blah, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, that was living in infamy for a while, but it's been three years since I've gone. The radio station and the team don't air those anymore, and people have kind of forgotten them. But the people that have those sayings, those catchphrases, I always thought were a little, little bit of a shtick and a little bit of put on. It just wasn't me. I just couldn't come up with one. Right, right, and uh, I, I, I have to say one of one of my favorite lines though, I believe this was in I don't want to get the year wrong. It might have been twenty seventeen uh, the season, and it was the Riders playing against uh, Calgary, and uh, yeah. Bo, Bo Levi said something on Twitter about Duran Carter. I think he was playing uh, defensive back for the time, and he got a pick six on Bo Levi Mitchell. And I remember the goosebumps I got. And I remember you said Bo Levi, shut your mouth. That, that was. One. Where, that was one of the coolest things that, like, honestly, I've ever heard on a radio broadcast. That was awesome. Well, it's not that hard to find either. If you actually Google it or put it in a Twitter search, you can find it. The clip is still on Twitter. And, but that's another one. How do you plan for that? You don't. Right. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine, that morning of the game, it was a sponsor, actually, of my website. He texted me. He said, wouldn't it be something if Duran got a pick six tonight? And I said, Corey, stop. There's no way. Deron's going to get a pitch six against Bo. Like, I would just be happy if we won. Yeah. Well, we won, and Deron jammed it right down Bo's throat. And, you know, that's – shoot, we could go on for an hour on that because out here in Calgary, they're still getting over all the crazy shit I did for 20 years as voice of the riders. Like, I'm, I'm like – sometimes they lay in this bed and think, man, I must have really gashed those guys because it's <laughs> taken a long time for them to get over it. Um, but – when Huff, which by the way, I didn't mean any of it. Like we're in the entertainment business. Right. I hate the Calgary Stampeders or not now, maybe at one time I did, but I didn't, how could I have come up with Bo Levi shut your mouth? I could, it just came to me. Right. At that moment. And the other thing is I love Duran so much. The last time he was on my show, he told me he loved me. He's like, anytime you want me on Rod, I'm there. Cause I love you. Oh, it's so cool. All I had his back against Bo. Bo was literally trolling him. And in a way, I said bullying him. Yeah. Leading up to the game. You know, and I just, I was, I was defending Duran. But the Duran has this way about him that Jordan Eberle has and Connor Bedard has of just 
rising to the moment and delivering when the heat's on. You know what I mean? And the no spot on. And not everybody has that. Some guys wilt. Yep. And I just, I admire that. And that's something that Duran has. And I'm so excited. Like I might be an Edmonton Elks fan now. <laughs> this don't, don't say that. Don't say but that. You got to be careful. Cause I mean, in Calgary, but I mean, <laughs> that's right. All those guys are my friends, like Chris Jones. I talk to Jones all the time. Like Jones is something, man. And 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 he doesn't want people to know the real Chris Jones. I'm like, man, why don't you show to people the side of you that I see? Because people wouldn't hate you so right. much. And he's like, oh, I don't want them to see it. I'm like, well, that's up. That's your right. You know, it's just. Don't complain to me if people are bitching about you in Saskatchewan and hate you because that's what you did. That's what you left behind. Yeah, well, when 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 he came, he tore that team apart. And like, granted, I I respect that move because it, it it needed to be at that time. And you know, we had that one just shitty season, and then we had every year it seemed like we, we were getting better and better and better. And it was just like that's the kind of mind you want on a sports team, the long run, the long game. Yeah, we might suck this season, but the assets that we're going to get and the play style that we're going to have and the management and everything, it just, it all forms around the head coach. And when you have a head coach like Chris Jones, who has such a good mind for football, you're, 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 you're destined for success, destined for success. And I guess that's why you got a job with the, in Cleveland with the Browns there too. Well, it was his buddy that got hired as the head coach and, Jones is an excellent coach. Why do you think that he's got the career record that he has? Why do you think players follow him around everywhere he goes? Yep. And I've seen him at work from the inside. The guy stays up all night dreaming of ways to win and get around the rules and find loopholes. And those are the things that get you to win. And I swear if he'd stayed in Saskatchewan, I think he would have eventually won a Grey Cup. There were some things working against him there, mm-hmm. but it wasn't in the cards. And so now that he's in Edmonton, I wish him well. And now I've gotten to be friends with this new president of the Elks. That's another guy that I think is uber cool. There's Victor Kui. Man, that guy's got balls. Like, I can tell you the other teams don't like when you sell your season tickets for $99. They don't like it because it makes them look bad with their own season ticket holders. And they say it devalues the ticket. But I've been saying CFL teams for years should be doing $100 season tickets. Fill the stadiums. My God, you're not doing it now, especially Edmonton, who had less than 10000 a game last year. Yeah, Edmonton sure struggled with that. Yeah. But I know. Um, so I know we, I know we, already, uh, we, we already brought it up, but the two big guys, Don Cherry and Mike Babcock, that 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 you had i've watched those interviews i think 20 times each and uh you mentioned how you uh you first started to get uh babcock and uh and don cherry can you go a little a little bit more into depth um on how you knew mike bat you knew him through hockey is that correct yeah well i mean hockey is a small world and and uh you know it didn't hurt that my dad worked in the nhl for 26 years so he knew all the coaches and gms long ahead of what i did but I got into the Western Hockey League in 93 with the Prince Albert Raiders. What year were you guys born in? 2003. Ah, how about you, Oakley? Yeah, 2003 as well. Yeah, so I got into the uh, dub in 93. And Babcock had been coaching the Spokane Chiefs. And just life is about relationships. I don't care whether it's broadcasting or garbage disposal or banking. It's about relationships. 
and the 98 Memorial Cup was in Spokane. And uh, Mike Babcock had me over to his house. Well, all of our crew, there was like six or seven of us and just got to know Mike again from 25 years ago. And I was good to him and he was good to me. And so fast forward to now, and he wouldn't do any interviews with people because the media was shitty to him when he was with the Leafs and after he's with the Leafs and in Detroit. And to be honest, gentlemen, I, did, I didn't realize when I was the voice of the Riders for 20 years, I was literally like just in this tunnel. All I saw was the Riders. It was my whole life for 24-7. I didn't see what anybody else was doing. I didn't care what anybody else was doing. My job was to cover that team to the best of my ability, right, and host those shows and do everything. Once I got out and I got looking around, I'm like, there's a lot of media that doesn't know a damn thing. How did these guys get these jobs? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a fact. You know, just as, as up to even now, with uh, Ovi and all the criticism he's taking for not condemning Vladimir Putin. I'm like, are you guys ri- ridiculous? Like if, if, if he shuts, condemns Putin, Putin might send a firing squad over and shoot all Ovi's family. That's a fact. That's how shit works over there. Yeah. I've known a lot of Russians in my time in the Western hockey. Like it is scary shit. And I'm like, how do, how does the media get away with saying stuff like this? I know I went off on a tangent there, but it was no. this, same thing with uh, with Babs. I'd say they just said some really unfair things about him that were wrong, and nobody ever holds them accountable. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I was I was just gonna say that 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 was one of, that's one of like the key themes for our for our podcast. We like to talk facts and numbers because you have guys like like Skip Bayless. I'm just pulling someone out of thin air who says these ridiculous things and. In your heart of hearts, you know that cannot be true, but you do it for the clicks, you do it for the attention. Any press is good press, right? And so I, I that's that's one aspect about sports media that I, I, re- I really dislike is the di- dishonesty about all that stuff. Why? Well, you can't really trust anybody. And oh, um, no kidding. It's funny you say with Skip because I follow Skip. I don't really like Skip. I mean, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. He covered the Cowboys for years, and they hate Skip. Like I, he literally had to get out of Dallas. They hated him there so much, and I didn't want to be that guy. But I see people that watch my show and critique my show, whether it's fans or some media, and they say that he's trying to be like Skip Bayless. He's trying to be like Don Cherry, and I'm like, you guys have no idea who I am. I'm trying to be me, right? And, and I'm gonna let it rock. I'm not, I'm a little like those guys simply in that I don't care what anybody thinks, but I don't make anything up like skip. And I don't think cherry ever did either, but I'm not trying to be like anybody, but myself. And that it's the, it's the most freeing feeling to be able to do that because honestly in the media now, this is how it's changed. The teams want to control every aspect of what you say. And that was actually okay for me for the longest time until the team wanted me to lie on the air. And I said, I won't do it. I won't do it. I can't do it. And it got to be a really contentious issue. And I don't know if that goes on with other teams, but I just know there's a lot of play-by-play guys out there that they don't have the freedom to say what they'd like to say. And I'm like, if that's not fun, this becomes not fun. I don't want to do it anymore. That's, that's what, that's what sports should be about. I think have fun. It's, it's work, right? Like you have to do work and not every minute of it's going to be enjoyable, but that's why we're all want to be a part of this industry. Well, we all want to be a part of, of the community that, 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 that sports has. And we, we want to be able to speak freely. And I, I, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. I've always found it more intriguing listening to people who tell it how it is rather than listening to what they're told to say. And it, it, um, 
a lot of times people who tell it how it is get um uh, it's it's called cancel culture but it's it's speaking your mind i think is a lot more interesting than listening to what everybody else wants you to hear and what the media is making a story listening to people who have their own opinion and go and talk as themselves rather than as the face of a whole company telling them what to say is it's always like guys like um well yourself uh joe rogan uh, people like that who don't care what what people say to them that's it's way more interesting to watch and it sucks that it's going the completely opposite direction the whole industry almost yeah i don't know if it'll ever come back i don't know and i don't care because i've we've carved out our nice little corner of what we're doing yep. and we're making a good living at it and i don't know where the business is going like another good and i don't want to drop names here watch your feet i'll drop some names i was at theron flurry's house last month and Theo just said, as a society, we've gone right off the rails. We're never coming back. People are too soft. The, the cancel culture is winning. And I'm like, well, I'm man, if that's the case, why, why do I even do what I do? So Theo, I can't believe that. I, I got to think that there's still a place for guys like us. And I, and I think that there is. And I, it's like I say, it's coming back. Our show has been pretty popular that way. I hope your podcast popular. Like, thank you. People want to hear the truth. I just think a lot of people don't understand. They're being force-fed something that they don't even know that they're being force-fed. Exactly. It's it's uh, ig, ig, um, blind ig, blind ig, ignorance a little bit, right? It's kind of they they think everything's okay because that that's what they're told. Well, a little yeah. bit like Evander Kane. You guys are hockey fans. Like when they when they want to sign Evander Kane, I'm sitting there watching the panel in between the first period, and they got the Oilers Oilers panelists on. This is a great signing. He's a great guy. Purely hockey, all of them. And I'm like, well, of course you guys are going to say that. Can somebody say why this might not be a good idea? You know what? I guess I'll have to do it. And of course I did and got roasted by some other fans for that. But it's just like these intermission panels now, like I follow the industry quite closely. They, they fired the guy at Sportsnet who was in charge of, well, the guy that fired Don Cherry, he's now gone. He wanted to stocked and staffed these intermissions now. And the ratings are in the toilet because it's not entertaining. And they got rid of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I, I feel the same thing when I watch uh, the Raptors game here in Canada. That's the most prevalent uh, basketball game on. But it, they got guys who it, I, I don't like to say it, it. They feel a little spineless sometimes. It just feels like, oh, you know, this guy's great. Everyone's great. The team's going in the right direction. Everything's positive. And it's like it's it's not though. Like if you're truly a sports fan, and I think even more so. I, the team that I'm the hardest on, honestly, is, is the Riders. When they mess up, I am so upset. Like, all my sports teams, that's what you need. You need the passion of the happiness and the frustration, the anger, because that's what sports are. Not everything is always so positive in that light. Well, so, it's difficult not even being the voice of the Riders when they're losing. It, it's tough. But when you're that post-game call-in show host that's very difficult because you do have the sense that you need to defend the team but I mean near the last few years with the Riders and the Pats too I hated doing those post-game interviews with the coaches like I loathe it it was okay after wins mm -hmm. but after losses oh my especially Jones he was a tough interview in the good times let alone the after they lost right. you know what I'm like oh I just hated it that's why when I left. It was literally a relief. I like what I'm doing now. Like I was at the rush game Saturday night and I'm sitting in a luxury suite. Yeah, I, don't gotta, 
I don't got to do a pregame or a postgame or what I can sit here. I could leave early if I want. I didn't. I was one of the last to leave the building, but I kind of like the, um, I kind of, I like my life now. I just doing the play by play for a lot of years was fun, but it became work. I don't want to work anymore. I just want to go to the games and have fun. So that's why I like what I'm doing. And then go on the air Monday and talk about it, you know, <clears throat> with all my friends. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and like you were saying before, uh, the whole world is kind of turning soft and it's not even just the sports industry. My dad always used to, he, I don't know where he heard it. He heard it on, on Instagram or something somewhere. Someone said it's turning to a marshmallow world, everything's soft. And um, one of his, his big things that he thought about that is we'd play hockey and we'd, we'd beat teams 20 to nothing and we'd get beat 20 to nothing the next season. And he always hated that they turn off the, they stop counting the score because it's it's soft parents don't want their kids feelings getting hurt but it's part of sport oh yeah i find it very very difficult to be honest dealing with young people and this is uh, a topic we could do in another podcast probably but this is a book that i'm reading right now called the awakened brain and it's about spirituality and mental mental health and stuff and they they interviewed the top the general of the u.s armed forces and he said the generation coming to the army now is the most fragile and mentally weak generation they've ever had. And I'm like, great. And this is the army. <laughs> what does this say for every other segment of society? So anyways, I just plant, plant my flag in the ground and do my thing every day. And people seem to like it. And uh, one thing that DuPont said, and I, I don't need to touch wood when I say this or jinx it, but he goes, I've never had a complaint with anything you've said. Because I'm not stupid. I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. I'm not a bad person. I'm going to go on the air and say how I feel and say, this is wrong. The way Ovechkin's being treated is wrong. People that rely on analytics is because they don't understand the game. I said that today. That was, you know what I mean? Expected scoring chances, expected shots. What? That, that, that doesn't even make sense. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to let it rip. I don't make anybody look bad. Right. But... I'm not afraid to say what I think. And Darren goes, we don't get any complaints because I think people think, realize you're right. I don't know. I, yeah, everyone co- coming up our age is, is definitely soft because adversity is almost a, a bad thing to, if you, facing adversity is something that you steer as far away from as possible. Whereas like even to myself, failure and adversity is something all, it's, I hate to say it, but like almost enjoy because it's the only way you grow and, and get better. And, and having it like framed as such a bad thing, you want to just coast through life is, is what's making everybody so soft and, and delicate. Well, I was raised old school by that scout in the NHL for 26 years with Dallas. And I'll just give you an example. As a teen, I was bullied. Early teen, I was 13 or 14. I was bullied in a hockey school in the summer and I came home told my dad and my oldest brother and they said you just got to deal with it on your own and I knew what that meant it was the next day going into the dressing room and whack right in the nose of the bully and uh, it ended I came home and like they took me out for supper they're like yeah you did it I don't think these days I'd have gotten trouble probably for doing that you know nobody says handle it on your own we'll handle it if it's handled at all that's just one thing you got to do the difficult things man and it was my dad making me do it and uh, these days parents don't want to 
don't want their kids to suffer in any way or feel bad. And my dad didn't give a shit. He's like, you, <laughs> you got to do this. Yeah, well, if that if any if something like that were to happen and the kid went home now, it'd be the mom going straight to the school and having the kid moved classes or the the kid doesn't kids now and even myself, they you don't you don't deal with anything yourself. Parents are so protective of of their kids, don't want them to get in trouble, don't want them to get hurt, and it's 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 hurting society in my opinion. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, just a couple more, a couple more questions here until we wrap up. Uh, I love the discussion that we got going on, but we owe one of our questions that we love to ask. Uh, you said you, you were on the bus with the Pats. You were on the, the planes with the riders. Do you have any funny um, uh, like locker room stories from that time? Only, only ones that, that you can share. We don't want to get you in trouble or anything, uh, but just some, some kind of like uh, some, some stories you, you got with some guys. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where you want to go with that. One one that really sticks out to me, and, and nobody would probably remember this, but we had a guy with the Pats by the name of J.D. Watt, and he was a tough guy. He was a cowboy from Cremona, Alberta. I'll never forget his dad owned a ranch, and we were going through the mountains in B.C., and he's in the bathroom taking a leak in the bus, and he's on his phone. He's texting while he's on the – we've all done it, right? Bus hits a turn and he drops his phone in the toilet of the bus. And all the guys are yelling, ah, they're laughing at him. And I'm thinking, well, that phone's done. I go to the back of the bus and he's down up to his elbow in the, in the toilet of the bus, pulling his phone out. We stopped at the next town, which I think was Fernie or something. We go to the Boston pizza and he's got his phone up against the heater, the blow dryer in the, uh, I'm like, just throw it away, JD. My God. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's that. And I remember we would play cards. I don't, I don't know if the guys do that anymore. As a matter of fact, I don't think they do, but I remember when I was with the voice of the PA Raiders, which I was two years before I was with the Pats, we played crib from Spokane to Red Deer. I think it was 13 solid hours playing crib. It was me and an assistant coach and two trainers. And uh, by the time we were playing for a dime a point. And I remember by the time we got to the Red Deer, I was up $20 on the assistant coach. He goes, I don't have $20 on me. And I said, at a dime a point. I mean, that's a lot of dimes, yeah. right? And I said, I'll take your shoes. <laughs> and I did. I was only 19. I was you guys' age. And I took his shoes. He went into the hotel in his sock feet. And I wore his dress shoes. I took his dress shoes. So, I mean, there's one. I mean, that's just two of, like, a million stories. Right. Um, we had a little incident here on the weekend driving, which has still rattled me a little bit on the highway drum heller hitting some ice. And I remember one time coming out of Kamloops in the nineties, uh, they closed the highway and our bus, we got shut down. We couldn't drive and the bus started sliding across the highway towards the cliff. And it actually rested on a guardrail, but I was just like, I'm like, I'm never, ever going to work in the Western conference because I've been offered jobs out there. But I'm like, I can't do these mountains. I'm a flat lander Saskatchewan kid. I can't do these mountains. And for that reason, I never did. But it's when I uh, hung it up, it was like 14, close to 1,400 games in the dub, over 400 games in the CFL. I'm like, I am done, done. I made it out alive. I'm not interested in going back. 
And I think after three years, people are finally starting to realize I don't want to go back. I like what I'm doing now. Yeah. But for the longest time, people thought I was just doing this until the next play-by-play gig came up. But that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, if you have fun doing it, why stop? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and so I want to just ask you one more question b- b- before we let you go. Uh, I wanted to just to get some of your uh, takes and opinions on this upcoming CFL season. Who do you think are the, because it, it was after free agency, who do you think are some of the favorites to win? Who do you think had a really good free agency? Maybe MIP, how the Riders doing? Well, uh, from what I hear from my friends in Regina, the fans are extremely anxious they have anxiety over the rough riders coming out of free agency oh yeah so there's that um <laughs> i wouldn't discount them as being in the gray cup at this which mark for god's sake so who knows um i think winnipeg why would they not be the odds on favorite to three pete i mean that's kind of who i think is the favorite how could you not um because they just pretty much kept everybody that they wanted to except for kenny lawler and they'll replace him mm-hmm. but winnipeg would be the favorite I'm in Calgary. My God, guys, would you look at this? If you've seen my show, I got a bold Levi Mitchell jersey in my room. Oh, I know. So these, the Stamps figure they're going to be first place in the West. And Bo's going to be healthy. And they've gone through a rebuild and nobody noticed. It gets fun with what they're saying. So Calgary thinks I'll be a contender. Winnipeg. And I know, I just don't think that Jeremy O'Day has proven anywhere along the line that he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, I'd like to think he's got a plan. I call it the old plan. O'Day's old plan. O'Day. I don't know what it is. Right. I'd like to think he has one. And then I'm not counting out Jones. Like, with Duran coming back and Martavis Bryant and Emmanuel Arsenault, and who else did they sign? Uh, another old Darius Bowman. AD. Uh, Nick, you got to have more than just those guys. But I, I won't count out Jones, especially when he's running the whole show up there. Yeah, no so, kidding. And I mean, he he has he has uh, a great cup with the Eskimos already. So I mean, you never know; they already have that chemistry. But uh, I guess only time will tell. I can't pick a, a team that's going to be in it. And from the East, I'm not really real closely paying attention to what's going on in the East. I think the odds-on would probably be Hamilton, just because they've been in back-to-back great cups and lost, and that's quite a kick in the junk there. Yep. So they would be the most motivated team in the league. Right. And and they've re-signed Dane Evans. So uh, maybe Hamilton, but Montreal's got Trevor Harris and Vernon Adams there. That's a great one-two combo for quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, again, it's March. It's And there's still a lot of free agents left out there. Like I can't believe gone. Ricky Collins has not gotten picked up yet. That's that's insane to me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Other than Ricky, I know Ricky pretty good. He's a beauty. He uh, He's not going to come for nothing or cheap. You know, right. he, he knows his worth. So he'll wait for the proper uh, opportunity. That, that might go into training camp. I mean, these older vets, <clears throat> they're wise enough to know that if they sit, they start to hold the cards the longer the season goes on. They can skip training camp if, you know, they would prefer to skip training camp. Right. And then some team gets injuries, they just sit by the phone and get the call. That's never changed. And I could see that's Ricky's strategy. He's, he's not desperate, let's put it that way. Yeah, well, I mean, so, someone with his with his talent it's like there is a call coming regardless there's a call coming regardless of when it is i would really like the saskatchewan rough riders to pick him up and because i know he he had, he had a really small stint with them uh uh 2015 2016 some year like that and uh 
I re- I really quite liked him, but we only had him for one season. He went to, he went to the Argos, went to the Eskimos or uh, the Elks. Now he's been playing great, and uh, yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure he'll get someone. But that is just someone I'm bewildered about how teams aren't 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 giving him a contract, aren't giving him a half decent contract. Uh but. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today, Rod. Uh, this was so cool. It's a, it's a little bit of a personal dream of mine. So I just want to give you a shout out to the Rod Peterson show. And uh, yeah, anything else you want to add, Rod? No, guys, I just I really appreciated the call. And uh, anytime you want to do this, I'm more than happy to do it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, thank man. you.